0: Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have an incredible coach and new friend. His name is Matt Pates, and he is located in LA, California. He is also a personal development coach, and I actually met Matt through my last group coaching program, and I so strongly resonated with his story and his message and just his emphasis and focus on doing the inner work to really show up and be your best self. Um, And so I wanted to have him on the show today because I think that you will all learn so much about kind of unpacking some of your limiting beliefs, trauma, and just really sharing them with the world and showing up as your best self. So Matt, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Hello, hello. I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes. Woo! <laughs>
0: I am too. We got the like dance going on. We're feeling all oh, little no, good. Right?
1: good.
0: <laughs> I love it. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone um, what you do, how you got to be doing what you're doing, a little bit about yourself, maybe a fun fact um, just to get the audience oh. up to speed.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So my name is Matthew Pates. I am a personal development coach and I focus specifically with entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, and man, how I got into this it's it will unpack my story obviously as we go along here, but, um, it's something that I've known that I wanted to do for as long as I can remember. I'm 35 now I can, I can honestly, uh, look back 20 years and know that I still wanted to be, at the time it was motivational speaking, uh, but I knew that I wanted to be in psychology. I wanted to work with people, uh, and help them improve their lives in any way that I could. Uh, but it took me a while to understand what that even meant for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I could, I could go off on a tangent right now, uh, <laughs> but, I'll, we'll, we'll get into those details. Sure. uh fun fact i uh what is a fun fact why is this always a hard question to answer to i everyone?
0: know i know <laughs> what's the I'm like what's, what's the most like, fun thing you about me <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> like uh, uh, i'm boring <laughs> yeah uh I, fun fact i'm terrible at fun facts <laughs> um
0: same no so
1: i i grew up in a town of 700 in rural indiana um so if anyone is familiar with the movie Hoosiers that was back in the 80s, that's literally the town that I grew up in or the fields that I grew up in, I should say. <laughs> um, so I don't know if that's the most fun fact I could have come up with, but that's the first thing that came up.
0: It's a fun fact. I'm sure there's- It's other- a fun <laughs>
1: yeah. fact.
0: There'll be many other disclosed. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll let you skills. guys decide which yeah.
1: one's the, the most fun.
0: Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, so why don't we kind of- dive into your story. I think, um, you know, for everyone listening, like they may know you, they may not, but let's assume they don't know anything about you. Um, And let's kind of talk a little bit about your story, um, Mm -hmm. wherever that starts for you. So whether it be that point where you realized you had to change, or if you want to start Mm -hmm. kind of from the beginning, like, you know, when I was five years old or whatever. Um, But I think, you know, whatever feels most natural for you
1: funny you say the age five. Um, Yeah. So just as a forewarning, I am very candid with my story and my details. um, And I have no issues starting from where it started. So um, again, I work in personal development. My focus is specifically on early childhood survival patterns and root cause emotional trauma. Why is that? And what does that shit even mean? Um, so what it means is just understanding what happened to us or what, what environments we grew up in as children and how that has impacted us as adults. Um, and my story specifically, uh, started with, uh, uh sexual abuse as a child, uh, literally from the ages of, uh, roughly six years old to around 11. Uh, I was sexually abused by a male family member and, Uh, you know, my story was not one of uh, extreme violence uh, or anything along those lines, but of manipulation. You know, I was convinced at that age that um, I was privileged to be having this experience with this person uh, because this was teaching me um, what I needed to know about being with women in the future. So uh, during those years, I protected these experiences, although knowing full well that they weren't where I really wanted to be or wanted, what I wanted to be doing and, and all that you can imagine. Um, so with that, uh, again, that was you know roughly five years of my childhood. Uh, and as I uh, went into high school and all these things, I played uh, basketball at a high level. I had the opportunity to play. Um, Division one basketball coming out of school. And I left high school and gave up basketball immediately because I had fallen into modeling. So I was modeling full-time from the age of 18 to about 29, 30. Um, and that was significant because um, that was a business that I'd fallen into. You know, when I was growing up on a farm, uh, modeling was not what I thought I would ever be doing Uh, (laughs) modeling with the cornfields (laughs) yeah I never I didn't think that you know I didn't grow up thinking I'm I'm gonna wear pants better than any man has ever worn pants before (laughs) uh that was those are not my career aspirations uh but it's what I I fell into and uh I did for 10 years And, and looking back on it uh I'm extremely grateful for uh that experience for many reasons but um, the ones that I think are the most significant is it forced me out of uh an environment that was familiar out of a uh, an upbringing a mindset a cultural uh familiarity and I immediately was thrusted into uh traveling the world by myself and this was extremely significant because I realized several things uh during this period, which was you know. It, Things that uh, make up our foundation as a human being, our psyche, our identities, um, our belief systems, all of these things, uh, I realized through traveling, so much of it was um, dictated by your uh, geographical location as a child, right. like where you actually grew up. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was traveling through foreign countries and, and having conversations with people, Uh, from all different backgrounds, I realized like, oh, had I been born here, that would have been my norm.
0: Norm. Yeah.
1: Right. Like that's what I would have under, that's how I would view the world if this is what I was taught. Um, So I quickly started to challenge my own upbringing, my own uh, beliefs on religion and, um, you know, cultural right and wrongs and in all of these things. And I began to uh, that's really when I began to explore my own conditioning, you know, without even realizing that's what I was doing at the time. Um, but I, I recognized that, uh, there was no one way uh, to do something, no, no right way per se to, to believe in something. Um, so yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, long. Yeah. I mean, I I get kind of, it's funny when I think back about my story, I realize just how layered it is, um because naturally when you're in it, it's just you're just in it, you're doing yeah, you're your just, thing
0: happening yeah
1: yeah um yeah. can so, I, can I
0: interrupt and ask a please. ask a question about kind of what you talked about so far, so mm-hmm. the um the switch right from kind of leaving basketball behind. Um, uh-huh. and even before that, right? Like before you kind of went into high school, uh-huh. that, that trauma that you experienced, right? Like when you were being sexually abused, mm-hmm. did you even like, did your intuition at that point when you were age six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11, right? Was it like kind of pinging you? Like, this isn't right. Like, what was that conversation going on in your head? Like, like, was oh, it, Oh man,
1: uh, um, to answer yes uh, I can remember distinctly a couple of moments um, where I knew that this wasn't um, okay this isn't what I wanted to be
2: doing um
1: and but at the time I mean I something else um I was, um, so there's a sense of survival that, uh, takes over. Um, so you begin to, you know, do things that regardless of your comfort or desire, um, which is extremely common in most cases of, um, any form of physical or sexual abuse, uh, you know, it's survival over desire quite literally. Um, and it's, uh, It's extremely fascinating uh, because if you think about, so going a little bit deeper into what I do today, uh, one of the most interesting facts, and this is literally the foundation of the work that I do, is over 60% of what we believe to be true about ourselves and the world around us, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: we learn by the age of six. Wow. So I often ask people that I work with, you know would you ever take career advice from a six year old <laughs> because you are, or would you ever take marriage advice from a six year old because you are and what I mean by that it's it's the patterns of which we develop during that time frame it's the beliefs we develop during that time frame that are uh, running the show today because the other interesting piece about um that uh, you know, that time in our lives is we don't have any uh, towards six and seven, we start to develop um, uh, our abilities to think analytically. We have uh, to process information from um, multiple perspectives. Any, you know, basically between the ages of zero to six, it's all subconscious programming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So everything that comes into our minds during that time, uh, both taught or observed. We uh, we operate as it's fact. It's 100%. There is nothing to discredit it, to challenge it, to. Um, uh, there's just no other option, which is, is why things like, for instance, Santa Claus is so important to us as a kid. Right. Right. It, that is quite literally it. Like, we believe it is a fact because that is what we have been taught uh, or conditioned to believe. During these years in which we have no other way of disproving or or challenging or or we have no curiosity outside of what, you know, our our caregivers are, are giving us.
0: Yeah, I remember when when my mom told me Santa wasn't real, I felt so betrayed and it wasn't, like, I just remember I remember being in the front seat of her car and her telling me this at, like, I think it was the age of, like, 10 or 11 and feeling mm-hmm. like, wow, I can't trust my mom now, which mm-hmm. I made it mean something it, it didn't, right? But it's like, you know, that that is the same exact concept as us going into relationships now when when someone does something like that. If you start to not see things in, like you were saying, the, like, absolutes, right? Like, the... Mm-hmm. Either if someone does something, then that means this. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I can remember those feelings of like betrayal almost or like, you know, trust issues. Cause I was like, Mom, you lied to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And as funny as it seems now as an adult, when you look back at that time period, you're exactly right. And you experienced betrayal. Right. Right. Like we all have. And you know, that's why so many things, um, you, you, and going into the, the trauma conversation, you know, a lot of people uh, when talking about uh, emotional trauma, they, they treat it like a competition, right? Where one side of it says, um, oh, you know, you don't know anything about trauma. You've not been through what I've been through. Yeah. And then the other side of the competition says, oh, wow, I've not gone through half of what that person has. Who am I to feel this way? right but to the nervous system quite literally to your body trauma is the the experience of trauma is the exact same the context will change it varies between person to person but the actual process of trauma is the same and to the body um which is why when I first start working with people and we start to um you know uncover some of the things that you know they share um Uh, that they experienced, it begins to make sense to them why they have certain patterns of sabotage, why they have certain patterns of fear uh, that show up when they're running uh, their business or, you know, in my case, like I said, I work with entrepreneurs. So um, when they're running their business, it's, uh, it's so fascinating how you can connect the dots. And the piece is when you understand like, oh, wait, this was a conditioning this is not my identity.
0: Right. Yes. 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 So, for people listening, if they they're like so lost right now, they're like, "What does that even mean? Like, what is emotional <laughs> trauma? What are my beliefs? Uh-huh. Like, could you maybe talk about some of the things you most often hear from clients or yeah. people that are like their conditioning, or you know, like what you do uncover and unpack for people so that they can mm-hmm. stop the sabotage?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, one really quickly trauma is anything that overwhelms the nervous system. Trauma doesn't mean that it was something um, you know violent or catastrophic. For instance, winning the lottery is traumatic.
0: Mm, okay. So Getting your like first.
1: Good and bad. Good, but anything that overwhelms the nervous system. Right. You know, uh, losing your virginity is traumatic. Um, mm-hmm. Your first kiss as a teenager, traumatic. Uh, gaining your first client is traumatic. Mm-hmm right? You remember how that feels? Oh yeah. The first time (laughs) someone said, yeah, the first time someone said, yes, I want to work with you. And you're like, oh shit, what, what, hold on, what? You want to do what? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Despite the fact that, you know, you've worked so hard for so long to get to that place and that's what you wanted. So the biggest thing, you know, obviously the stories may vary from, uh, you know, person to person, but the biggest thing to understand about uh, conditioning more than, more than anything else is, Your, uh, your brain and your nervous system is hardwired to do one thing and one thing only that's survive your Mm -hmm. physical survival. And it's only concerned with surviving the immediate moment. So the here and now your brain doesn't and your nervous system doesn't give a shit about tomorrow. Right. In terms of survival, because if you don't survive right now, what is tomorrow?
2: hmm.
1: Right. Which is why, you know, we have these conversations a lot. People are mo- more motivated by losing something they have versus never gaining something they want. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Right. Because you have no attachment to something that you want that you've never had.
0: For sure. Oh, something,
1: something. That's that gold. Have, that was gold.
0: Uh, say that again for everyone. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Motivated um, more by holding more on to something. Motivated what have, more
1: right? by holding on to something we have versus never achieving something we want. Yeah. Right? And the reason why is your survival instincts so your your nervous system and your brain it, its entire um, uh, process is to keep you in what's familiar, not what's best. Yeah right. And what do you think about what's familiar versus what's best? What's best is you know your big vision, your goals, your desires to improve business, health, relationship, all of this stuff, right? so i'll use uh, I'll use a bit of my story to to make this more clear, so growing up i one of the things that I've battled as an adult uh, was when I was growing up we we didn't grow up uh, poor by any stretch. we you know my, I grew up in a single mother home um, who she worked six and seven days a week um, to make sure that I had everything that I ever needed. so my experience as a child was not one of poverty, but I did witness struggle on a daily basis. Sure. If that makes sense. Yep. And, you know, so growing up, struggle is what I was conditioned with. It's what was familiar to me. So, as I started to, um, uh, you know, leave the nest, so to speak, and make my own money, what I found quickly was that, uh, like, making more money and, and finding stability was actually what was unfamiliar to me. So, my nervous system, my brain says that's unfamiliar; we don't trust it mm-hmm. so therefore um when you when you think about when you think about this it's so in, in, when it comes to sabotage, I would sabotage opportunities, I would sabotage you know I had a negative relationship with money because struggling financially was more familiar than never having to worry about paying bills, right. So, to the brain, anything unknown is an imminent threat to your physical survival. Yeah, because if you think about, uh, if you go way, way, way back in, in in our history as human beings, there was a time where anything unknown equaled catastrophic consequences. You know, if we're out um, uh, searching, you know, searching for food, and we come across a berry we've never seen before and we eat it, there is a a strong likelihood that berry is going to harm us because we don't know what it is we've never had an experience with it before same goes for for like if you're out venturing off into woods you've never been you are low hanging fruit to uh to the environment to any you know threat so you could be attacked you could be you know kidnapped you could be all these things Uh, So to the brain, if it's unknown, it is your greatest threat. Mm -hmm. How is this relevant to the conversation that we have today around purpose and success and living lives of fulfillment and all these things? Well, if success, for instance, isn't something you're familiar with, then the very thing that you want most will become your greatest threat
0: yeah oh man can we unpack that a little bit that is that is a powerful powerful statement
1: (laughs) because it's it's unknown Mm -hmm. you have never had like for instance um uh going back to uh my 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 experiences my conditioning as a child so as I started to um you know I grew up in struggle I'm also the youngest of the entire family not just it's me and my sister as far as uh uh, siblings are concerned, but like all my cousins i 'm the baby yeah, uh so I grew up in this environment of constantly trying to uh you know fit in and and be cool enough to hang out with and like do whatever you know they wanted so that i could I could be included um But what happened is I began to grow up and started to achieve individual success be a uh, first in basketball mm-hmm.
2: um
1: and then especially when I started modeling, uh my family and friends literally the ones who uh, I'd always wanted to be close with. I was always, you know, bidding for their attention. I was always trying to impress them so that I could be included. Those same people were now looking at me saying things like, don't forget who you are. Mm. Don't forget where you come from. Oh, you think you're special now? Oh, you think you're cool? Like all of these things. Uh, Another one that I, they often heard was, um, always stay humble, right? So, hum- humility obviously is an extremely important thing to, to have. I think it's something that is we all must um, have a strong relationship with is our humility. But the what I received was you're not allowed to succeed, yeah, right? So, for me, success equaled abandonment because right. if I succeed. If I go beyond what is familiar in our family, I'm the one that gets abandoned.
0: Right. Like no one will love you or like you won't be able to get right. in with your own family or friends. Right. Like
1: I start. I started getting made fun of. I started getting picked on. I started getting, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they're saying things that to me didn't make any sense because I'm like, well, I'm doing the thing that you all told me to do, which was to be the best at this and do the best in life. And like all these things like what now you're turning on. me. Yeah. Right. So to, to go back to how that, that makes sense to the unknown. So growing up struggle is what I knew. It's what was familiar. It's what was required to maintain connection with my loved ones. Mm. So things like uh traveling out of the state literally uh let alone the world um you know excelling in a sport that they they t- you know told me to be the best at like at a certain place when I started to move beyond the familiar which was what they understood which is what their levels of success or achievement whatever that was I became the threat to the family
0: yeah how did that feel? Like, when do you remember experiencing that for the first time that almost like, I call it like the fear of outshining when you realize like, oh shit, <laughs> my
1: mm-hmm. success is
0: making others uncomfortable. Therefore, it's making me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Right. That discomfort means you, you have one of two options. You either cut off those who you love to continue to achieve success or you sabotage your success to make them comfortable yeah right which is it's natural right it's i have unological. a lot of
0: experiments experience with the sabotage which i talk about you all could say the experiments time. <laughs> yeah experiments too for sure oh yeah i know that life and i know a lot of people listening are so familiar with their own sabotage well, yeah. tendency so
1: well here's the thing is is sabotage is uh it's a survival instinct yeah It's not something that makes you lesser than. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you, um, you know, broken as a human being. It's literally your nervous system making sure that you stay safe. Right. So the thing about human beings is we are not logical creatures with the ability to experience emotion. We're emotional creatures with the ability to experience logic yeah can emotion you, is for i ahead. was gonna
0: say can you un, can you kind of talk about what that like how to understand that if it seems a little like too big picture like a little abstract
1: yeah um uh for instance our how do what's a what's a good analogy right now um have you ever known better and not done better for sure all the Why? time if you think about a moment why when you're at that that intersection what what feelings are you having
0: it's like yeah it's like you're kind of you're torn you're like oh Mm -hmm. should i between should i do the thing i know i should do or or not
1: (laughs) if you're if you could explain if you're torn between emotions if you could identify emotions in that moment versus like uh decisions like what emotions are you torn between and at that point
0: it's like giving into the immediate uh satisfaction or like that you know the instant gratification versus Mm -hmm. maybe like the long-term goal or the Mm -hmm. bigger picture
1: Mm -hmm. would you say fear exists in that moment oh for sure yeah so Mm -hmm. so what typically wins in that situation fear or um logic fear i feel like it's emotional
0: yeah yeah it takes it's not takes logical <laughs> for sure
1: and it's true and that's because if you are approaching if if that new decision right doing what you know you should be doing is something that you haven't done very often or ever before it's unknown right so your instincts say unknown equals threat even if your logic says that's exactly the next step I need to take to reach my goals.
0: Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Like, I guess to put it in perspective for people listening, like if they wanted to leave their nine to five and, you know, become an entrepreneur, right? Or like start their Mm -hmm. side project. Like, Uh you know, exactly the thing you have to do. Usually, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, you know, the Mm -hmm. next step, you got to go ask the person this or you got to quit the job first or you got to save up the money or whatever the thing is. But Mm -hmm. knowing it, versus doing it i think that's kind of what we're getting Mm -hmm. at is like not doing it because right now you're so comfortable and familiar in your nine to five that taking that leap is fucking scary
1: (laughs) yeah it's the thing about scary is it's it it feels like death and i don't mean that i mean that literally it feels like if you make this decision you will die
2: Mm. Mm -hmm. right right
1: so You know, and there's a lot, quitting your job is a big, big, big step, especially when you're doing it to create your own business or you've created your own business and you're stepping fully into it because what you're saying is I'm leaving my security and going into the unknown.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: The unknown is exactly that, which equals threat, your greatest threat. So when people talk about leaving their job for you know, their their business that they've created, really what they're saying is I'm leaving my guaranteed survival for what feels like guaranteed death. It feels like a suicide mission.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is why it's so hard to do. Mm-hmm. If If I think one of the questions I ask myself and maybe you too is like, well, that thing that most scares you right it 's like asking differentiating between a fear that can actually like hurt you, you know like the dangerous fear
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: versus what's in your head and it's like for me that that question has always been like what's the worst that could happen like what's mm-hmm. the worst case scenario, and sometimes mm-hmm. you're already in the worst case scenario at your at mm-hmm. your job or whatever at in your body or you know in mm-hmm. your current financial situation or whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm. So here's the thing that's interesting in, in using um, a career as an example. Uh, I read a, a, um, a study that was conducted by uh, Harvard Business School. Uh, I think it was back in 2017 when they completed the study. But what they had done is they had researched over, uh, I want to say it was close to a thousand first time business owners. So first-time entrepreneurs. Yeah, And their intention was to, you know, study success rates and, you know, all the variables that go into why businesses succeed and why most do not. Uh, And what they found was interesting. So over 80%, I think it was like 82 or 86, I can't remember what it was, but over 80% of those businesses failed within the first year. Mm-hmm. The majority of those that failed failed within the first three months. Wow. The reason why was the most fascinating. It had nothing to do with the business owner's intelligence, it had nothing to do with market need, it had nothing to do with uh, funding. What they discovered was the primary reason those businesses failed was because of who the business owner sought advice from. Wow. So let's bring this all together with, with our conditioning. Mm -hmm. So think about when you first started your business, right? The very first day that you're like, this is what I'm doing. Who predominantly, and I don't need names or relationship, but are, are like who were you surrounded by? Was it friends and families or was it fellow entrepreneurs and successful business owners?
0: Yeah, it was people doing what I wanted to do, you know.
1: Already? Like, so they were business owners at the time? Yeah. The majority of them?
0: Yeah, majority of business owners are already in the industry, um, people that were succeeding.
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. If during that time, something, like if you had an oh shit moment in your life,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: financial, hell, whatever it was, like a true like, oh shit, I need help. Who do you call for support?
0: Um, in business or in personal, you're asking.
1: I'm asking if you have an oh shit moment today, Mm -hmm. who do you pick up the phone and contact?
0: Ooh, it's probably my mom. Mm -hmm.
1: And if you have a really embarrassing thing that you don't want anyone to find out, but you need help, who do you call?
0: Uh, probably my mom or boyfriend.
1: (laughs) Mom or boyfriend? At the time, is there like a best friend?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Like the girl that knows all your things.
0: Oh, for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. Are uh, they are any of them successful business owners?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> well, my mom is, yes, but <laughs> my best friend no.
1: <laughs> so, I obviously we're we're digging a little bit into your details, but it, it, when you think about the majority of your clients, right? The majority of people that we work with when they first start their business, they are surrounded by friends and family. Yeah. They're surrounded by the people that have had their back their whole lives right so what would happen is now imagine the majority of us are those people are 9 to 5 yep they are conditioned to go get a stable job with a salary with a with a, a retirement plan and insurance mhm so let's say your best friend for instance is who's always had your back like they're the ones that that show up when you're broken down on the side of the road they're the ones that keep your deepest darkest secrets they're the one that have just always been there for you so now you start your business you have your first oh shit moment you call your best friend right what kind of advice do you think they are qualified to give you
0: (laughs) whatever I want to (laughs) hear probably (laughs) whatever they know which is probably not that much about whatever the thing is that I'm struggling with yeah
1: precisely they care about your interests, but they're not qualified to give you advice into, the, into a space of entrepreneurship. Right. Because they've never been there. So the challenge is the first, when people first start their business, they are surrounded by people they trust, not people that are qualified.
0: Mm. Right. Which is why you have a job and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. They qualify people. <laughs> things, mm-hmm.
1: So, and that's why it's so important when you're beginning the most important thing that we can do, and this is what I support my clients with is like finding qualified support and that, yeah, obviously that's what we do for a living. That's how I support them, but also who is in their personal life. Right. You know what? And this goes back to, you know, not yet. Obviously you are the thing, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. So we unpack that, but also what are you consuming on a regular basis? You know, I know you work in, in health and fitness, so. You know, nutrition is, I think, a common topic in your world.
0: For sure. Yeah.
1: Nutrition isn't just what we eat. Right. Oh, yeah. It's what we read. It's what we read. It's what we watch. It's what we listen to. You know, when you get into the conversation, when I talk to someone, I'm like, okay, they start having trouble. I'm like, well, you know, what, what books do you read? Well, I don't read. Okay. What, uh, let's go on. Let's make this really easy. Let's go on your social media. Who do you follow? What is your feed filled with? Is it gossip sites, news, and sports statistics? You're you're probably not consuming relevant information to your business then. You know, is it your best friend's new baby's 512 photos since Saturday? (laughs) Probably not relevant business information. So I quite literally help them filter their current environment So they begin to consume information and conversation that is relevant and supportive to the goals they have, because otherwise, because what you currently have right now is a product of the conditioning you come from. Right. If what you have right now is not where you want to be, then the first step is first identifying what it is that you want, right? Getting clarity around that. It's Mm -hmm. extremely important. But then tailoring your environment for success by understanding what, you know, what is qualified, you know, who, who's the business leaders that you look up to will start consuming their content. Who, you know, who are the people that you know that are currently successful in business, right? Because as you and I know, when someone comes to us and they are having an oh shit moment, like they are hitting it but you've been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could see you smiling right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus, you know, so you're like, I know what you're experiencing. It's natural. Here's the tools. I got you.
0: Right. Like it's going to be okay.
1: (laughs) Versus you go to your best friend with that same, oh shit experience. What may they, what might they say? Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do? Like you're, you're crazy. Like this shit doesn't work right right like so they're because they're interested in keeping you from feeling pain where we're interested in making you feel safe in the new environment
0: yeah that is so powerful what you just said oh my god you guys listen to what Matt just said (laughs) again (laughs) Your friends, as much as they love you, right? Like they want you to feel good, even at the expense of your own growth, right? Like that's what matters most. They want you to be happy. They want you to Mm -hmm. feel good, even if you're trying to step up, right? Or level up, or grow, or, you know, lose weight, or, you know, start a business, whatever that thing is that may be uncomfortable or quote unquote scary. It's like exactly like what you said. It's surrounding yourself with people who are qualified for sure and getting mm-hmm. getting the kind of reassurance almost. It's like, it's okay. Like I got you believe in, believe in, you know, my belief in you borrow some of that until, mm-hmm. you know, you can, <laughs> you can believe in yeah. yourself enough to keep, to keep the momentum going.
1: The most addictive thing to any human being is the, is what's familiar.
0: Yeah.
2: Ooh. <laughs> and
1: and when you look at, when you look at, and again, these things don't make it wrong, right? It just, it is what it is. It's an, uh, what's familiar is a conditioning, it's a program, right? So, for instance, an analogy I often use is let's say, uh, you went out and you got the, the latest Mac computer, IO, whatever the fuck, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What, in your in your words, what is that computer capable of in terms of like technology and computers like what is that computer capable of
0: who knows <laughs> right.
1: would you did you say that because who knows because it's unlimited
0: just because it's new you know, it's right. like, it could oh. do
1: all the things right
0: yeah the the capabilities are endless
1: endless right capabilities are endless but let's say that computer that very same computer is operating on
2: windows 95 Mm.
0: yeah
1: and and for all those tech people out there i now understand because i've been corrected multiple times windows doesn't work on mac i get it (laughs) Uh, Which further proves my point, by the way. But when the the point here is the device, i.e. the human being, the individual's potential is unlimited. Mm. But you will never outperform your programming. Right. So although that computer is capable of endless possibilities... It can never outperform, in this case, what N- Windows 95 will allow it to do.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's, can we dig into that a little bit and maybe sharing, um, sharing a little bit more about like your story in relationship to that? Because obviously you talked about it pretty briefly, right? But like your, mm-hmm. your programming growing up was like, you know, I, I got to fit in and I, I have to be good enough. And like those stories. So like, what are some of the stories that you did tell yourself that ended up kind of holding you back from, you know, being the person that you knew you could be or that you wanted to be?
1: Um, well, in this case, the the one that comes up immediately was the story around success equals abandonment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that that was a programming. I had results um, and what that required was, so I'll just tell you how it felt. I am someone who, uh, I had every you know possible opportunity that one could have, right? I, I had the upbringing, I, I had the awareness, I had the connections, I had the, the potential, I had all of these things that if you look at on paper, you're like, this guy could achieve X number of things. Mm-hmm. But I was living a life that was a feast and famine. I found myself homeless at one point. Um, you know, I uh, spiraled into many different sabotaging uh, toxic behaviors, um, I had all of these these issues that I couldn't understand. Um, it didn't make sense.
0: Yeah. could you share? Do you mind sharing like what some of that was in case someone out there could can relate?
1: Oh shit. Drugs, alcohol, um, spending money, uh, just on any number of things. Um, Mm -hmm. because I was more comfortable. I required struggle in order to maintain my identity. Mm -hmm. So given opportunities to succeed was my biggest threat.
0: Yeah. So you would go Uh, out and spend the money you made or like you would, mm -hmm. you would, be like you'd have success and then you'd like go get drunk or something. Is that is that kind of what you're talking about? Or
1: yeah. So it's interesting that you say that. Uh and because one thing that people will find, and this will be interesting for anyone listening, is look at the the habits that you have around when feeling low. Like if you feel depressed or anxious, what is it that you do? You know, in my case, I would go to the bar. Yep. Right. I feel like shit. I need a drink. So I'd go get a drink and then, you know, that was my behavior, nightlife. Yep. Well, let's look at the other side of it. When I would have a big win, what would I do? Well, we got to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Let's go have a drink. Right. So I was literally bookending my experiences with the exact same behavior. Yeah. So the, the tool I would use to escape pain was the same tool I would use to celebrate a victory, which by the way, ended up in the same place every time. It was a wow. cycle.
0: Yeah. For for a lot of listeners, they use food for that. Myself mm-hmm. included. You know, that was my yep. that was my thing was binge eating. And I know yeah, a lot of the men I serve is is the same thing. They celebrate with food, right? Or they they numb or cope with food
1: hundred percent. And it's, that is the key to the cycle because what happens when you, you, in this case, uh, you know, you go a week uh, on a strict diet and you're super proud of yourself and you're super excited and you're like, I get to have a cheat day. And then you have your cheat day. Well, what happens? Biological, like literally biological, you eat shit, your body, you, you produce chemicals that make you feel like shit. Mm -hmm. You become lethargic. You become, Uh, your thoughts aren't clear, you, you know, feel ill, like all of these things begin to happen. And what what is your energy levels? What is your motivation? While your body is recovering from that celebration meal? Mm -hmm. Well, now you're so you celebrate on Sunday with a full pizza and some donuts and soda, because that shit is awesome in the moment right <laughs> and then Monday Tuesday Wednesday you feel like an asshole yeah. you don't want to go to the gym you you get super down on yourself uh you know your mood swings you know begin again like all of these things well what do you do during that time well I need to feel better I feel like an asshole so let me just eat this candy bar because that makes me feel good and let me just you know what I can have pizza again like there's some leftovers I need to eat it before I throw it away
0: yeah you know what I mean so you go so you go through
1: this process where you begin to create what is familiar not what is best yep
0: oh man that is like that's gonna hit home for a lot of people I know this the sabotage Uh, is, is so real especially like when you don't know the root of it right like you don't know why it keeps happening and I think you know to your to the start of this conversation, it's like, well, it happens because of all those beliefs, those subconscious beliefs, whatever that trauma is, emotional, physical, you know, verbal, sexual, God, you know, anything. It's like,
1: yeah. So going back, I know I kind of dropped a bomb and I feel like we've, we've distanced ourselves from the sexual abuse conversation and that's not what this is about, but I want to close that loop. For sure. You know, for me, um, I, it took me a long time personally to, learned that my value was beyond my appearance and my ability to please someone physically. Mm -hmm. I, for the longest time thought that that was my purpose on this planet. Wow. Whereas when I began to study psychology and understand, you know, root cause conversation and understand the nervous system and the brain and how this all works and survival patterns and blah, 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 blah. i began to slowly shift my understanding that my all of my patterns that were rooted in physical appearance and attraction and and you know intimacy and all of that stuff was one of identity it was one of um validation
2: mm-hmm. it
1: was what was familiar it's what i understood to be my worth since i was 6 years old right So now I'm entering into a phase where I'm pursuing what I've always known I've wanted to do, which is, you know, coach and work in psychology and support people. Well, that conversation is one of, um, uh, you know, my abilities to understand, you know, and and have intellectual conversations and create connections that are not sexual. Mm -hmm. So for me, it took me a long time to place significance and validation on those conversations, because all that was ever familiar to me was I'm only validated, I'm only significant when I'm being pursued physically or desired physically.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, so tying your self worth to appearance or to right. pleasing someone.
1: Right. So here's the thing: is this is why it's so important that. No matter what you want to achieve, if it's outside of what you've ever had, it 1,000% requires the support of a qualified individual or individuals, or you will never achieve it. Mm-hmm. Not because you can't, because your nervous system and your brain won't allow it. Yeah. Because it's unfamiliar to you. The number one thing, the root at every single human behavior that exists on this planet is the same thing. Safety. Mm-hmm. So when we understand that what is required of us to move forward is not new knowledge, not n- new friends, not new all that stuff, it's safety. When you feel safe to step into the unknown.
2: hmm.
1: You will you will do it even while scared. Yeah. You don't need more confidence. Confidence is a byproduct of safety. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, have you ever have you ever jumped on a call? You remember how f- fucking terrified you were to to speak to a stranger for the first time about what you do?
0: Oh yeah. You're like, Terrifying. uh. <laughs> you all, all of then, a sudden forget how to speak
1: (laughs) yeah so you step in with courage you have an experience and then afterwards you realize like wait so I'm still alive (laughs) and my mother still cares about me and my friends still will call me tomorrow and uh, my house didn't burn down and and it wasn't so bad (laughs) right so what you're saying is even though this was an uncomfortable experience because it was new I'm still safe yeah so the more you realize and double down on tools of safety, the more you will move forward into the unknown. Mm. This, is why, this is why the support of a coach uh, or a therapist or someone qualified is so important because it's just like if you and I were to go into the jungle today, right? If it was just me and you going into this jungle by ourselves, having never been before, it's probably going to be terrifying and we're not going to know <laughs> what to do. Yeah. But imagine the experience if we were to go into the jungle with a qualified guide yeah. that was born and raised in that place. Right. Right? Now all of a sudden the sounds are interesting when they tell you that it, that bird isn't a threat to your life. Mhm. Right? Or that, you know, that tree is really cool to like sit and observe because you know it's not poisonous. Right. Whereas if you and I go in unknown, everything will kill us yeah. <laughs> because we've never experienced it before. And that's the experience that people have when they embark on a journey of health, if they've never been healthy, when they embark on a journey of uh, success, if they've never started the business
2: mm-hmm.
1: of self-love, if they've always required others to validate them. Yeah. It's all going to feel like a jungle you've never been in.
0: What a great metaphor. (laughs) I love that.
1: So the biggest takeaway that I would like to leave people with is what gets to happen? What does healing look like? What gets to happen is the triggers don't go away. Your relationship to the triggers begin to change. So what used to scare you to the point of not doing something, not moving forward, Becomes the reason you move forward.
2: Mm.
0: Can you uh, can you give an example of that for everyone listening?
1: Um. Yeah. So, in my business, personally, like I still struggle with reaching out and, and like organic outreach and this kind of stuff that you we often talk about in our space. Um, because I have this fear of abandonment. Right. Like, I don't want to offend someone. I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, being at this point in the journey, I recognize that for every 10 people that ignore me or say no or fuck off, there's going to be one that this work actually changes their entire life. And then that person's going to go out and change 10 lives, 100 lives, a billion lives. Mm -hmm. So now it's instead of like, uh, this is one way to reframe it. People stop at the first no. Because they're looking for, they need the yes in order to move forward. Well, what if we change the goal to, you must get 10 no's in a row before you stop?
0: Right. Yes. Like you have have to fail or you have to, you know, overcome something in order to get the yes.
1: Think about if your goal is I'm, I have to fail 10 times in a row before I can quit. I have to get 10 no's in a row before I quit. Well, if you fuck around and get a yes on, on call number three, you got to start over Mm -hmm. because you got to get 10 no's in a row in order to succeed this goal I love that so and I might challenge
0: clients with that you have to fail 10 days in a row in order to get fired off my client roster (laughs) right (laughs) yeah Yeah.
1: so the strategy like when it comes to that it's like okay so when you recognize that it's the failure that leads you to the yes all of a sudden the failure becomes the motivator not to say you must go fail this sounds terrible right now as i'm framing it but instead of saying like oh one person said no that means i suck that means i'm never good enough that means this will never happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: no go until someone says yes because yes is actually what you're more afraid of the no is what you're familiar with
0: right Just like, I mean, if we're making this applicable to, let's say, weight loss, just because that's, you know, Mm -hmm. most of my population is trying to lose weight. Most of the population is trying to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. If they haven't had success thus far, right, and then they, maybe they work out for a few days and they fall off track or they have some good meals and then they fall off track. It's not that they uh, are destined for failure. It's like, okay, that's normal. It's part of it. You fail, just back on it and keep practicing, keep practicing. It's like exactly like what you said it's not that you suck it's just that it's a new space so like you can't expect to be great at it yet like what you know
1: nope it's brand new and you wouldn't want to be great at it yet you wouldn't be ready
0: yeah you'd fuck it up
1: (laughs) because it wouldn't wouldn't be sustainable right it wouldn't be sustainable so that's one of the biggest things that I also like to support people with is understanding that when you're doing something brand new when you're changing your life in some way It's a practice. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. You're practicing healthy eating. You're practicing uh, consistent workouts. You're practicing saving money. You're practicing making money. You're practicing uh, being a good wife, husband, mother, father. And when you continue to say like, I'm practicing, all of a sudden we look at our, our evolution as a craft that we get to hone versus a destination that we must achieve.
0: Yes. I love that. It's like, you know, the, the practice of yoga, that's the only, the only like sport, right. Or like athletic thing where they talk about, they talk about it like that because I think it's very intentional mm-hmm. right? that you go in every mm-hmm. day, you show up, you're present. Part of the whole premise of yoga is presence and in, in that hour or whatever, 90 minutes you're doing the thing. And if we treated our goals right or our, the things that we want as I'm practicing working on them, it takes some of the pressure off too. And it makes you feel a lot less like shit for 100%. making the mistake, you know, making ma- mistakes or failing or God, the amount of times if we were to like write down all the failures versus success, it's like, there's a lot more fuck ups than, <laughs> than
1: I could absolutely. Say
0: on absolutely piece of paper here.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And that's what I said, like when it comes to like consistency, you, so let's say you're going to go to the gym every day, you know, or whatever it is. Go to the gym and practice working out every day. What you got to do? Just practice working out. Mm. And eventually you're going to find safety in the space. And the more safety you you find, the more you push yourself.
0: Right. It's just a byproduct. Then, then the outcome, like the goal, whatever, say if it's to, to get in shape, the outcome okay. of that is eventually you just showed up and you did the thing and you practiced and then, Oh, look at that. You got really strong and you got fit. Only because that feeling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The moment every one of your clients feels authentically safe inside of a gym, they'll go every day. The moment every one of your clients feels safe sitting around a table of their friends and family and say, no, I'm just going to have a salad and water. Mm -hmm. They'll eat it every day. When they know that you know, they're safe to say I'm going vegan, they'll have no issues practicing it. Yeah. Safety is the key to everything. There's two there's two and there's always there's there's more keys, obviously, but that's the biggest one. That's the foundation. Mm-hmm. So safety's the key and then courage. Mm-hmm.
0: Safety and courage. How did if, you if make that first
1: that's, step? That gets to be the new cycle.
0: Safety and courage. I love that. What was the first step for you that you took to gaining safety and courage in your own kind of transformation or stepping into that new story?
1: Qualified support. Mm. When I knew that I was with someone that had been there before, I began to, they became a mentor. Yep. You want to change your life? Stop trying to make new friends and start making new mentors. Yep.
0: I like to say, like, let someone else's hindsight be your foresight.
1: Hundred percent. Right. I love that.
0: Yeah, I think I read that on a fortune cookie once, and I was like, "Damn, that is yeah. powerful shit."
1: <laughs> so I just, I just, I just got the visual of staring at someone's ass, but I'm in.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm not mad about that. I'm a <laughs> <bus>. <laughs> let my
1: hindsight be your foresight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, <That's great.
1: laughs> but yeah seek mentors not friends and your life will change
0: yeah then I think your mentors will be be your friends you know it's like
1: oh, funny how that works
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and you you talked quickly about like the environment right and and kind of letting go of things and adding good things into your life and I think you know the people that are quote unquote above you right or have achieved the goals that you want to achieve they will only want to bring you up right so 100 percent, going to encourage you they're going to make you better they're going to want you to succeed those below you or those who have not achieved that level of success yet are going to want to pull you down because that's what's comfortable so i guess okay. just acknowledging that though those people may not realize they're doing that for you as a listener like Take the time to to do that audit in your own life and see, like, are the people in your life actually trying to bring you up? Are they encouraging you and supporting you and wanting you to make those leaps because they have faith in you, or do they want to bring you down to their, you know, their level or what they're familiar with?
1: Hundred percent, and that's it's survival for them. If you stay in their comfort zone, they don't have to evolve. Mm -hmm. But if you start to elevate above them, it exposes them. Yeah. Right like be very mindful are you consuming conversation of gossip and judgment are you talking about things that you have absolutely no control over complaining about traffic and you know the lines at costco or wherever the fuck yeah. or do you spend most of your time talking about um you know progress and next steps and breakthroughs and emotional awareness and success and the journey.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Because once you start having those conversations, you'll start to see those results. Yeah. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's not if it's a, it's a guarantee.
0: Yeah. I love that. Oh man. So much gold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. We kind of talked early story, mid story, and now you're your coach and where mm-hmm. do you see your self going or like your potential now that you've kind of unpacked some of these beliefs and mm-hmm. what do you think is possible for you?
1: Truth be told, anything. And what I mean by that is I'm no longer focused on specific goals as destinations, but rather they're checkpoints. Mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going to go. I know that this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So this is my craft. I will continue to hone it every day where that takes me gets to be exciting, but I, I don't, I don't need to qualify. Like you hear a lot of coaches like, Oh, I'm a six figure coach. It's one of my biggest pet peeves, by the way, in our space. (laughs) I fucking hate it. Why? Bank accounts don't validate your work. Right. Here's my goal. I have a goal of becoming a six-figure coach because when I serve a hundred thousand individual people, that's when I'm a six-figure coach.
0: Yes. I love that. That's what me and my partner, Sarah, that we work on the membership. I have a membership and Mm -hmm. we talk about that all the time. Like we want to serve like a hundred thousand women. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's our thing. And I guess that's exactly what you're talking about. Six figures, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. cool. Money comes and goes. It's, it's entered. You know what I mean? Like it's hundred percent, but like live served, that's the fucking good shit. I
1: know, I know a hundred percent. I know a lot of broke people that make a million dollars a year.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly true. Oh man. So good. And it's about when it
1: comes to, Mm -hmm. when it comes to my business, that's exactly what I do. For instance, I just got approved. Uh, We start in 10 days, actually for the first day on campus, um, we have an empowerment program uh, called Empower Her. So mm-hmm. It's an empowerment program for females in high school um, okay. for the LA County uh, School Districts, LAUSD. So USD. we go into we go onto campus for the first time uh, on the 23rd. It scares the shit out of me.
0: Ah, that's so exciting
1: because it's unknown. Yeah, but I know it's exactly what I get to do, and and. And continue to show up and share and be transparent because it's transparency that creates safety. And as we now know, safety creates growth. So I'm not trying to impress someone into their breakthrough, mm-hmm. but and rather join yes. but join them.
0: Right. Yes. I love that. Like the guide, as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like the guide in the jungle. You get to be the guide mm-hmm. in the classroom. Yeah, 100%. And you get to practice. It's like there's no outcome, really. It's like you showed up, you helped, you practice doing mm. this.
1: If anything, I just want to be an example that doing things that scare the shit out of you is safe.
0: Mm. I love that. Oh.
1: Emotionally, so- that is.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're if you're scared to swim with sharks, I would say that's wisdom. But <laughs> <laughs> that's only like because sharks scare the shit out of me. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs>
0: I, I I love that. <laughs> so, what are some what are some scary things you've overcome as we kind of come to a close here? Um, you know, some things that maybe scared you, and you got some safety. You maybe had the support of a mentor, and you broke through and and did the thing.
1: I mean, first thing to come up is I I shared my entire story to my entire family. Um, I had I had those difficult conversations. Um, I, the scariest thing ever, I took full responsibility for my life. Yeah. That's the scariest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Is
0: it still kind of hit you that, that, that's, that you've been able to do that?
1: Every day. Because it's required every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The practice. Mm Mm-hmm. Radical ownership. Mm Mm-hmm. Honesty. Yeah. And for you guys listening, if it's like anything in your life that you don't like, right, or that you want to change, you get to do that. But.
1: Most people have practiced radical avoidance.
0: Oh, man. That was like my story from (laughs) until the age of like 26.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Radical avoidance. And I think that comes back to to make full circle, that avoidance, right, is just a sabotaging tendency. It's that
1: 100%, keeps you in the familiar. Yeah. You yeah. avoid the new because it's exactly that. It's new. Even if the new is what you want.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh man, so much gold, Matt. So much gold. Ah! Mm. <laughs> oh well, I hope
1: wow. this supports those listening today.
0: No, this has been so incredible I think to to kind of dig into your story and for you to share what you've gone through and and also to give me and everyone listening some insight as to like why they are scared It's one thing yeah. to be scared it's another thing to understand why you're scared so that you can have someone help you walk through the fear right or even start okay. to coach yourself through that fear if you know if it's a small enough thing but Understanding that safety, like you said, has to be there in order to change, and I think I found so much value in our in our conversation. I've I've loved it. Oh my god, <laughs> I have goosebumps. Uh,
1: I love that, and I appreciate you bringing me on here. And, and something that just hit me as you were saying, and this is what we can part ways on uh, the but the number one um, question tool that I would love to leave all of your listen listeners with is. When you experience the fear, when you experience the resistance and the anxiety, uh, when you're um, doing something new, Mm -hmm. ask yourself this question. What would courage do?
0: Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: And then it's it's your responsibility to follow. (laughs) It's your responsibility to take just that next step. Whatever Whatever comes up for you, there is no right or wrong. It's all going to feel crazy, but you begin to trust the answers that come up when you ask yourself, what would courage do?
0: I love that. Or like, what would the courageous version of me do even, you know, to make it almost more personal, I guess. Yeah.
1: Whatever answer comes up for that person is personal. Mm -hmm. That's great.
0: And I think, you know, what we've, what we've kind of talked about, right. Is it's not this grand gesture in order to make progress. It's those little steps. It's the practice. It's really starting with like the smallest thing. And then the
1: grand grand gestures will keep you stuck.
0: Mm -hmm. I know it did for me for sure. Mm -hmm. Thinking I had to like go from zero to a hundred or like, You know, before I got, before I lost the weight that I did or before I was consistent in the gym, it was like, I got to work out seven days a week. You know, it's like, I just, I just got to start walking and maybe like add some veggies in.
1: (laughs) You know, you can, you can drive across this country. You can drive from New York city to Los Angeles in the pitch black of night, only seeing 200 feet in front of you at a time.
2: Mm.
1: Think about it when you drive at night, your headlights only go about two hundred feet in front of you at one time, and you can make it anywhere you go, only seeing the next step.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful metaphor. For- a lot
1: of a lot of people try to start their goals. They try to leave New York City, and they have to visualize every turn they're gonna make before they get to Los Angeles, in order for them to get in the car.
0: Oh man, (laughs) that puts it in perspective. So start small, you know?
1: And you get to trust that that all the questions you have, you'll know the answers when you get there. You don't have to know the answers to go.
2: Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: I wish I could give you a hug. This is so good.
1: (laughs) Virtual hugs.
0: (laughs) Virtual hugs across the country, Boston, LA. (laughs) oh man that's oh so powerful thank you so much for sharing for just even closing with that with that uh analogy i think is just really helpful for for letting go of the need to control everything right or to make this this big leap it's it's not it's not that it's the small that small practice so thank you for that reminder absolutely um, before we head off, um, some closing funness, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a few, uh, just fun questions. Um, and then have you share just where everyone can find you website, Instagram, all that stuff. And I'll also put that, um, in the show notes too. Perfect. Um, okay. So, um, number one, uh, favorite place you've traveled to.
1: Uh, uh, Positano, Italy, the Amalfi Coast
0: Oh, okay I have not been, so maybe That'll be on my list (laughs) Uh, Food that you wish Didn't have calories Pizza What kind?
1: Uh, Like meat lovers, barbecue
0: Nice If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Courage Ooh, okay um, if you had to pick, would you rather have two noses or a tail? Tail. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and last thing, um, if you died tomorrow and you knew you had, you know, 12, 24 hours to live, what would be your, the legacy that you'd want to leave? What would be
1: uh. <laughs> same thing
0: oh well, can you say it again i think i just cut it out
1: uh the same thing as superpower courage
0: mm. so take take the courage be be the courage what would the
1: courage, yeah.
0: do? courage. i love it I love it. Oh, so great. Okay. Thank you for, for, uh, being part of the round Robin. Um, where can everyone find you? Tell us Instagram website, um, anything you have going on that people can, can go to.
1: Yeah. The, so, uh, it's mostly Instagram, uh, and website, but Instagram is where I'm most active on social media, which is just my name. It's at Matthew Pates. Uh, and then the website is matthewpates.com.
0: Okay. Awesome. And I will put a link to your stuff in the show notes. So you guys go check Matt out. He's incredible. I really would encourage you to follow him. Um, He shares amazing content, especially just kind of asks you questions that kind of get your brain churning as you try to grow and really just achieve the things you want in life. So yeah, Matt, it's been so amazing having you on. Um, And thank you so much for showing up and sharing all things vulnerable, relatable, you know, past just overcoming that shame and, and really just sharing, I think it's going to it's going to touch a lot of people's lives, and I I hope that it's been fun for you as well.
1: Yeah, no, I really really appreciate you and I appreciate the work you're doing uh, first and foremost, and and all that you've had to overcome to get to this place. Um, it is uh, well deserved, and uh, for all of those out there that can't say it to you right now, let me say thank you.
0: Yes, oh, I love it. Well, I'm giving you a big soccer hug, um, and <laughs> I can't wait for everyone to kind of go check you out. And um, yeah, it's it's been great. Thank you so much, and I love I can't it. Can't wait to see the, all the big things that your practice takes you on.
1: <laughs> I love it. Likewise, I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> Alrighty, I will talk to you soon. All right, take uh, care. Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. Whew, I don't know about you guys, but my mind is blown. I think Matt shared so much depth on not only his story, but also the reason why he did the things he did in the ways that he felt. And I hope for you, you were able to relate to his story in some way or another, and you are closer to understanding why It's hard to change and why we don't actually like to do it. And when you can understand the why behind something, it's more likely that you will make the change or that you will overcome fear or you will step into the unknown because you know that it may not be a a rational thing, right? It might just be an emotional thing. So right now, whatever you're going through, whatever that challenge or goal is that you're aiming for, and it's a little scary, it's a little uncomfortable, you're like, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing, you know? Talking to someone, getting that qualified support that we were chatting about is the way to overcome that hump, right? Because you cannot go where you haven't been yet without kind of sabotaging and messing up. And so right now... I really encourage you to do a deep dive into your life. Like where do you want to improve and you haven't really made the effort to improve because you're scared or there's all these thoughts in your head. There's all these beliefs. Really get clear on that and then reach out. Send me a DM on Instagram, right? Send me an email. Um, Get in my Fit and Free membership. This is how we support you is working towards your goals. I would love to have you on there. And I would love to support you in any way that I can. So I hope this episode has been great. Thank you so much for Matt for being so damn vulnerable and transparent and sharing his story. It was a beautiful, beautiful podcast episode. And I am very inspired by him. And also, I hope that you guys are inspired too to go out and use your struggles as your strength. I love you all. Thank you for being here. And please share this with a friend if it helped you. Pass it along. And I will catch you on the next episode.